say one of the many pitfalls of living in Mexico because it's a very loud country and the reason I'm talking about that now is because I'm going to have some background noise. I'm sure the microphone is picking it up. I'm going to have to talk louder I think even than I normally talk. I have a pretty loud voice but there's uh, music outside. There's a little mini supermarket that opened uh, across the street from my house about a month ago and I guess today they're having their grand celebration. They have a guy out there with big speakers and they have girls dancing. I'm not kidding. They, they actually have three girls dancing. They're wearing short skirts and tight shirts and, and they're dancing and they're, they're doing little acts and they have this guy playing really, really bad music like a DJ. And um, this woke me up this morning. I, I work six days a week. I only get one day a week to, uh, to sleep in and that's Sunday and that's today. Uh, and uh, he woke me up this morning. I actually went over there, asked them if they could turn it down. They said no. I've done videos before where I've had this problem. I've asked people to turn things down. They say no. Um, so apologies for the for the noise. It's very important that this little mini supermarket um, has has really loud music, really bad music, and girls dancing to attract people into their little meaningless store. Anyway, continuing today, I I, I checked my uh, my records. And it turns out this is episode 20. People, people like things that end in a zero. Anything that ends in a zero, people make a big deal out of big fanfare. No fanfare here, but I will say that out of 20 episodes, today is the first episode. I'm going to make a dedication. And that dedication is to my friend. He knows who he is. Kevin Montavon. Um, he, uh, he, he's, um, the reason I'm dedicated dedicating it to him is because today I'm going to talk about Pantera as you can already see in the title and that's probably why you click this is because you're a Pantera fan and when I started doing these I started with Motorhead only for the reason that it was Motorhead Day that was on May 8th and I thought oh, I'm going to talk about Motorhead and then I thought oh, I'm going to talk about Iron Maiden and Kiss and Metallica my, my top four bands and I thought nah you know what I could also maybe expand that to a couple of other ones my, my real influential early bands. I thought that would be it. And Kevin asked me at least twice, maybe three times, are you going to do Pantera? Are you going to do Pantera? And I said, nah, because that Pantera for me, they, they came along a little bit too late for me to, to count as 
for, for me, what I thought was a, a real influence on me. And uh, I was, well, I'll talk about when I got into Pantera lately. But I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Plus, I had a very strict self-imposed rule that I could only talk about a band's full catalog, their full discography. And I said, no, nah, those early Pantera albums, I don't really, you know, I don't not really know them. I don't know them at all. And I can't really talk about them. And I thought it would be cheating if I if I only started with uh, Cowboys from Hell. So I said, not gonna, I'm not going to do it. So he asked me again, so are you going to do Pantera? And so he, so, and then maybe he asked me a third time. So, so Kevin, and I should say, I'll plug his, uh, his podcast. He has a, uh, a podcast on YouTube with his friend Todd. They, it's called, uh, Ticket Stubs. Ticket Stubs. If you, um, go on YouTube and search for Ticket Stubs podcast, you'll see it's, it's, uh, these two guys, Kevin and Todd talking about, uh, um, they're, they're, they go through alphabetically A through Z. I think this week they're to, uh, N, I think. And um, they, they, they talk about their experiences of concerts. These guys blow me away when it comes to concerts. I've been to hundreds. I've been to maybe 400. They've, they've been to a lot more than that. I don't even want to guess the number, but they've been to a lot more concerts than I have, both of them. So uh, so this is for, for, uh, for Kevin for uh, inspiring me to, to, to go beyond the, the, the first uh, five episodes of this podcast. Sorry for the... Air quotes. Um, so, so, so for Kevin, here's uh, finally um, Pantera. I'm going to talk about Pantera. I'm going to go through their whole discography, like I've done other times. I'm going to tell you about my concert history with Pantera, my T-shirt, what what Pantera T-shirts I've had. Uh, I'm going to tell you about my one of my biggest concert regrets in 36, almost 37 years of going to, going to concerts. Pantera has. Uh, a spot in my biggest concert regrets. I'm going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to talk about my favorite Pantera songs, Pantera history, uh, maybe some other little nuggets. So I'm going to start. And as I as I mentioned, I don't. Um, I, I'm not familiar with uh, their first four albums. Pantera started in 1983. I can tell you my my Pantera history kind of has two uh, two sections. The, the first I was. I was aware of Pantera. I'll get later when I get to the Pantera album. That was my first one that I bought, that I became a fan. I'll talk about that later. But I did know about Pantera, um, I guess, in the mid or late 80s. If I remember correctly, I I, I heard or first saw or heard Pantera. There, there used to be this uh, heavy metal video magazine. They came out once a month or every every two or three months or something like that called Hard and Heavy. And I used to buy them occasionally when I when I came across them. They they weren't always readily available, but I did buy them. And if I remember correctly, I'm sure uh, my my first my exposure, my first exposure to Pantera was in those uh, Hard and Heavy videos. And but I, I knew them. I saw ads in, in magazines, I think, for, you know, for Pantera. And I I uh, just as a as a metal fan, they were on my radar. Never liked them in, in those early days. Um, I just wasn't interested in them, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, how that how that progressed, how that morphed, and um, so I'm, I'm going to start with their their first album was called Metal Magic. And since I don't have the actual physical CD or album to show you, I have to go to the uh, the track listing here on the Wikipedia. Uh, I did listen to them. I, I've listened to them this week or. Um, I think I listened to one last week. 
So uh, I don't have too much to say about the, the first three, four, let's say four Pantera albums, the independently released Pantera albums. Um, I, I heard a few songs over the years, and now in the internet age, of course, you can go back and listen to anything. These these uh, current listens that I did in these in this last week, I, I'm sure it was the first time I've listened to those albums in full. I'd heard, you know, maybe every couple of years. Pantera comes on my radar. The old albums come on my radar. I listen to, to Pantera uh, all the time. But the old albums come up and you go on YouTube and you search for a song and you listen to a song and you think, that's crap, and you move on. Well, I listened to all four albums and this is what I have to say. So the first one was Metal Magic in 1983. Um, just going through the track listing here, I, I can't say too much about them. The very first Pantera song and the very first Pantera album, Metal Magic, was called Ride My Rocket, uh, and it has, it, it has a very, very clear, very obvious Detroit Rock City influence in the first, uh, you know, the opening, dan -na 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 -na. it sounds totally like Detroit Rock City. I don't have too much to say about any of these albums. Um, they, they had another song called, let me go through here, Latest Lover, that one also had, um, uh, I think, a Kiss influence, I think they said Love Em, Leave Em in those lyrics, which was a great Kiss song from Rock and All Over. Um, and then just some really bad, just going by the song titles, nothing on but the radio, um, so, some of these song titles, they, they sound, they're, they, they're like autograph for, uh, you know, they, these 80s bands, which Pantera were an 80s band. Uh, uh, they had another song called Rock Out, really bad stuff, nothing on but the radio, Rock Out, Metal Magic, Ride My Rocket, bad stuff. So, uh... I, I can't say too much about that. Metal Magic 1983. Next, I'm going to pretend that I'm showing you uh, Projects in the Jungle. Now, I will say, that, that as, as they went on in, the, in these first four albums, they did get a little bit better. Um, you, you Slowly, you could see them changing into the Pantera that, uh, that became, you know, what everybody knows as Pantera. But the next one was 1984, Projects in the Jungle. And I guess when they did these albums, obviously they had a different singer back then, this guy called Terry Glaze. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about that uh, a little bit later, about him, Terry Glaze, Terrence Glaze. And so you, you could see a, little, a few flashes of what Pantera would become. So Projects in the Jungle, 1984. Um, again, not too much to say here. They had a song called Blue Light Turning Red which was, I guess you could see, maybe the first influence of Eddie Van Halen on, on Dimebag. Blue Light Turning Red, or Blue Light... Yeah, Blue Light Turning Red. I thought it was Red Light Turning Blue, something like that. Blue Light Turning Red was, was uh, basically a guitar solo. It was similar in, in, the, in, the, in the similar vein as uh, Van Halen Eruption, of course, on the first Van Halen album. It didn't have the same impact as Eruption did, or as Eddie Van Halen did, or Pantera didn't have the same impact as, as Van Halen. Uh, another song was called like Fire, which reminded me of a rat song. Not, not a particular rat song, it just sounded like a song that could have been on a rat album. And I love rat. I, I did one of these videos for rat, one of my favorite bands. So it's not an insult, it's just saying how much Panther has changed. Um, In Over My Head was another one that had the 80s metal style. Kind of reminded me of Dawkins or Tesla. Uh, especially the vocals. The, the, this guy Terry Glaze, Terrence Glaze, really sounded like uh, like Jeff Keith in that song. You know, over my head. Ah, Heavy Metal Rules. Man, Pantera had a song called Heavy Metal Rules. Um, just really, really 
bad, cheesy stuff. It's no wonder they don't want to re-release this stuff. Uh, it was uh, put on your leather, strap on your spikes. Me and the boys are uh, on fire tonight, or we're going out tonight. We're hot, hot rocking tonight. Uh, I'll put my fist high in the air. Just garbage, man. Um, and then another song, also I thought was like Dawkins called uh, "Only a Heartbeat Away." So that that had more, um, like I said, a few flashes of Pantera brilliance, we could say, especially with Dimebag. Back then, he was the star of the show. You could even argue that right to the end, Dimebag was was Pantera. Next, uh, 1985, I Am The Night. Um, the, the main thing, the main um, thing that I gathered from this album or that I noticed on this album, full of what I think are electronic drums. I don't know if they are or not, but they, they sound, they sounded, you know, I guess in 1985, bands were using electronic drums and I think Pantera was one of them. Um, and just really bad song titles. Hot and Heavy, Onward We Rock. They had a song called... Um, uh, I lost it here. Queen, um, Daughter, Daughters of the Queen, which I think that one had a lot of, uh, to me, what sounded like electronic, drum, electronic drums. Just not very good. Now at this point, um, or at some, some, at some point after this, Terry Glaze, the singer, left Pantera. He started, um, I'm not sure in what year, maybe 88 or 89, a new band called, um, uh, Lord Tracy, and they had a, one album called Death Gods of Babylon. I love that album. I bought, when um, when I first got my, my first CD player in 1989, uh, Death Gods of Babylon by Lord Tracy was one of the first uh, CDs I ever bought. Maybe the third. I know the first two I bought, I bought them on the same day were the Ace Frehley, because you care about these kind of things. The Ace Frehley 1978 solo album and the debut album by Dirty Looks, if anybody remembers Dirty Looks. I bought those two albums. I think I bought Death Gods of Babylon by Lord Tracy around that time. I love that album. That, that album, Death Gods of Babylon by Lord Tracy, for me, way, way, way better than, than any of these three uh, Panter first three Pantera albums. So just a little uh, aside there of um, Terry Glaze who became a film. So, uh, so now Phil, Phil, Anselmo joined, Phil Anselmo joined the band in 86, 87, something like that. And they, they had their first album with him which is called uh, Power Metal which I, I know when when you uh, you know now that now that we live in the internet age and we've been in the internet age for quite a long time now 20-25 years you, you come across opinions and from what I see a lot of people love this album I don't I, I the aforementioned Kevin Montavon when I told him ah, I can't talk about Pantera because I don't I don't really like or I don't really know those uh those first four albums. He said, nah, Power Metal has some good stuff. I disagree. Uh, it, it did. It, it, it was the, the fourth and it did have more more of these little flashes, but still, for me, nothing on Power Metal was good. It, it was uh, it was heavier. Each, each album got a little bit, I would say, less 80s metal or party rock and, and became more like a, a little bit more real metal. This uh, Power Metal album in 1987, was uh, very Judas Priest, like like Painkiller. Even though Painkiller came out like three years later, uh, when I listened to Power Metal, it, it made me think of uh, Judas Priest per, uh, generally, but specifically uh, uh, Painkiller. Um, uh, and what else to say about this one? Uh, the first song was Rock the World. The drums, for two seconds, two and a half seconds, totally reminded me of a great song 
uh, called Heavy Metal Shuffle by Kickax. Canadian, like me. Go listen to Kickax Vices. It's an excellent album. I wish I could talk about uh, Kickax Vices. Maybe I will. Um, and then, but still, the, uh, the the song titles on this "Proud to Be Loud." They had a song called "Proud to Be Loud." Um, down below, yeah, it was down below. Reminded me of, um, or later, "The Art of Shredding," which was on "Cowboys from Hell," the last song in "Cowboys from Hell," which I'm going to talk about next. It seems like that maybe came from a little bit of down below. At least in my opinion, down below um, retroactively reminded me of uh, "The Art of Shredding." On uh, Cowboys from Hell, so so that's it. So you you could divide uh, Pantera into two categories or even three categories. You could say it's the first four albums, the independent albums, and then when they became really Pantera, the next four. Or you could say the first three, and then power metal was kind of like the the the, the bridge between their first three kind of hard rock years, or uh, sorry, first three albums, and then what they became later. So I can put this phone away and switch to Aim to Do Cowboys from Hell. This was uh, this was this was when I got into Pantera. This this came out in 1990. Oh, and something about the other uh, the, the first three. I'll put this down for a minute. The the first three or four Pantera albums, especially first three, horrible album covers. About the worst album covers covers you you'll ever see. Now, some bands, like let's say Exciter with Violence and Force, uh, Anthrax, Fistful of Metal, even Metallica, Kill 'em All, the metal bands back then, they had uh, pretty cheesy album covers, but some of them in retrospect, they, they're, I think Anthrax, at the time I thought the Anthrax cover was cool and Violence and, and Force, Exciter was cool. Um, and then over the years, you think, ah, oh, maybe they're, they're, they're kind of cheesy. And then maybe after further years, you look back and you say, oh, cool, they were cool for the time. I've never thought those first uh, three Pantera albums looked good at all. And um, I don't know who, who the artists were for any of those, but they were really bad, especially the first one, Metal Magic. One of the, gotta be one of the worst album comes, co covers ever. And it, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if Pantera had not become Pantera, how those first three albums would have been viewed. I don't know if anybody would you know, talk about them or remember them. And just uh, last week, I think, or this week, maybe last week, Pantera announced that they're, um, sorry, no, they're, no, that, I'm going to talk about that later. I saw something else about Pantera on um, one of these heavy metal websites. It was a little, from a, a little clip, a podcast, I think, that Terry Glaze did with somebody talking about the possibility of um, re-releasing those those uh, early Pantera albums. Uh, I don't care, but just funny timing. So, Cowboys from Hell. Now this one, this uh, this was the first, as I said, the first one I bought. I bought this in, I've mentioned before that I write, I used to write dates. Ah, interesting, I didn't realize. I bought this November 10th, 1990 in Florida. Ah, I didn't realize I bought that in Florida. This is this is kind of related to my, um, my uh, biggest concert regret. So I, I bought this in 1990. I had when I I'd seen the video for Cowboys from Hell. I don't know when. Probably not too long before that. Loved it. I I couldn't believe this this Pantera Cowboys from Hell was the same band that I had heard uh, occasionally. The, these these uh, these really bad songs from earlier through the early well, mid 80s. And uh, so I I loved Cowboys from Hell. The song. Loved the video. 
And so I, I did buy this album. Now, to me, I, I, as I mentioned, I think a lot of people think that uh, power metal bridges the gap between Bad Pantera and Pantera. But I, I think, uh, for me, this was... I, I still don't love this album the, the way that I do the, the next ones that I'm going to talk about. I love about half of it. For me, there are about five, maybe six great songs on this. And there are still a few that, you know, maybe maybe sound like they, they could have been on the early albums, especially Power Metal. But uh, the title track, Cowboys from Hell, is great. Primal Concrete Sledge is, um, I would say, my favorite song on this album. There's there's nothing on this album that I would say is, is uh, a front runner for being one of my favorite I always feel like I have to do this when I say Pantera. Um, nothing on this album that I would say is one of the front runners for one of my favorite Pantera album, Pantera songs ever. But um, pretty close. Primal Concrete Sledge is a fantastic song. Uh, Psycho Holiday, that, that was a pretty good song. Heresy was, a, was an excellent song. Cemetery Gates, I know a lot of people love that song. I like it. Not not even close to a favorite, but I do like it. One of, the, the, one of my, in the top half, of the songs on this album that I like. Domination is another one. For me, the, the, the top two on this album for me are uh, Primal Concrete, Sledge, and Domination. Although I do love Cowboys from Hell. That riff is fantastic. Uh, after that, I the, the, it seems that for me, the last half of this album was more like power metal. Uh, Shattered, Clash with Reality, Medicine Man, Message in, Message in Blood. Um, which one was it that was that? It was it was it was Medicine Man or Message of Blood. Those were, those were uh, again I think a little bit similar to Judas Priest Painkiller album. I didn't I didn't like uh, I I think I don't know if I'm in the minority. I didn't like Phil Phil Anselmo's Rob Halford. You know his 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 really high. High range. I mean, I, I know it's very incredible that he could sing like that because I know he can now, uh, and nothing wrong with that. But I, I didn't. I never really liked that style of vocals. Those those really high pitched vocals. Um, and then the art of shredding is good too. I, I think the art of shredding. I don't like it as much as I did at the time. Uh, it, it sounds a little bit cheesy now, but still one of the better songs. So I'd say um, the first six songs are good to excellent, really good to excellent. And the art of shredding is is also pretty good, but then clash with reality, medicine man, messenger of blood, and the sleep, not my favorite. So so this is um, as I said for me this this was my introduction to Pantera, and everything changed after this one. So 1990 and um, my my uh, um, concert regret, one of my biggest concert regrets, one one that I mentioned uh, when I did Pearl Jam, and these are these were about a year apart. I was a Pearl Jam fan before they were Pearl Jam. I was in the Mother Love Bone when uh, when they were a band, and they they were playing a show in Toronto. I was living in Toronto at the time, and they were playing at uh, the Diamond Club. This was in 1989 with um, Dogs No More. I, I told this story briefly in my uh, when I did this video for Pearl Jam, and I didn't like Dogs No More. I didn't like them at all. I thought, ah, I don't want to go see Dogs No More, even though I, I love Mother Love Bone. So I, I didn't go to that. Maybe I had my nose in the air because I uh, I didn't want to see dogs no more. And then of course Andy Wood died, and then Mother Love Bone ceased to exist, or they became Pearl Jam. So I, I missed my opportunity to see uh, Mother Love Bone. 
Similar with Pantera. Pantera, it's funny, I, I had totally forgotten that I, that I bought this album in Florida. So I was in Florida. The day I came back, which was, now this was, if I bought Cowboys from Hell November 10th, it must have been a week later, a few days later. I was in Florida for a week. And um, when, I, when I got home, it was on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And I, my friend Don Robinson, he, he, he called me or he had left a message or something saying that Pantera was playing in Toronto that night. Um, I think it was at the same place at the Diamond Club where Mother Lovebone had played a year earlier. And uh, he said, Pantera is, uh, is playing in Toronto, let's go. He, he had free tickets. He used to work for, uh, I'm not sure at that point he was working at a record store or for a record label or a record company. But anyway, he either had free tickets or he said, we're on the guest list, something. He said, let's go. And I called him and I said, nah, you know what? I, I just got back from Florida, I've been, I've been traveling. Uh, I'm just not into it. And so I, that, that would have been my first, and you know, then shortly after Pantera really, you know, blew up. So I, I did miss my, my chance to see Pantera on the Cowboys from Hell tour, which I, I do regret that now. There are a lot of bands I didn't see or a lot of concerts I didn't see, but I, I had my choice to see them and I don't really care that I didn't see them, but that is, that is one that I regret. And, and it must have been their second time in Toronto. On that tour, because they played there earlier, um, and Rob Halford came and sang with them. Uh, they, they did. Uh, they were playing at Rock and Roll Heaven. Pantera was playing at Rock and Roll Heaven, and Judas Priest was rehearsing in Toronto for their for the Painkiller tour. And Rob Halford, I saw that live. Rob Halford was on Much Music. He said Pantera is the most dangerous band in the world, and he went and he uh, he sang Grinder with with Pantera at Rock and Roll Heaven. So I uh, that's not part of my regret. But so, uh, so Pantera, one of my biggest concert regrets. Maybe, maybe Mother Love Bone is number one. Uh, Missing Pantera on Cowboys from Hell tour, probably number two. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's Cowboys from Hell and my story of Cowboys from Hell. Next was 1992. They, they, they kept getting, this was of course a vulgar display of power in 1992. I saw this, uh, this video. Maybe I must have bought this in April or May? Where's my date? Oh, February, February 25th, 1992 was when I bought uh, Vulgar Display of Power. It must have, I think it must have come out in January or February. Uh, but I, I, I saw the video um, for Mouth for War on Much Music. And if I remember correctly, it was a Saturday and as soon as that video finished, I, I went over to the mall and immediately bought when, when malls were a thing and when CDs were a thing, and I bought Vulgar Display of Power. I couldn't believe, and I had this, a similar situation with Saigon Kick in 1990 or 91, the first Saigon Kick album. Saw it, saw the video for What You Say, went and bought the CD immediately. Um, but they, this was like Pantera, you know, they, they were going slowly in the first three. Power Metal was a little bit steeper. Cowboys from Hell was a little steeper. And, and um, Vulgar Display of Power, I think, just was... Uh, I hate this this term, but it was it was a game changer. It changed everything. This was in Pantera said. I I don't think it was uh, Cowboys from Hell. I, I think it was uh, Vulgar Display of Power, where they said, we're Pantera, and this is what we're going to do. This... Um, this has become a classic album. It's it's not 
not my favorite Pantera, but I do love it. And probably every song on this was was a favorite at some point. There are not too many albums I could say that, that, that every song was a favorite at some point. This was unbelievably heavy. It sounded... Um, I guess the, the sound was was similar to uh, Cowboys from Hell, but gone were the the Phil Anselmo high voice, you know, uh, screaming like Rob Halford, as I mentioned that I wasn't really a fan of. This this was much more aggressive. I think musically it was about the same as as Cowboys from Hell, but this they they really really stepped it up on here. The attitude was there. The um, and it was it was very angry, but it, it had a for me it had a very positive feel. Um, I, I would say now going through this one, probably a new level was was my eh, over the years. Uh, you know, you you change your favorites. I would say over the years, a new level is the one that has stuck with me as being my favorite on this album, and in my short list of favorite Pantera songs ever. Um, what else? Walk. A lot, a lot of people are are too cool to. Uh, it's it's like walk. Uh, Ace of Spades, um, I don't know, when, when bands have a hit, for some reason a lot of the, the, the cool fans, I guess, say that song, that sucks. Or, again, now in the internet age, you, you can't, you know, read anything without reading dumbass comments. And so anytime Pantera comes up, you'll always see somebody say, especially if, if it's Walk, somebody will say, it's not even their best song. Whatever, it's it's a great song. I did get a little bit tired of it, but it was on, um, the, the video was played all the time, but man, Walk is a great song. And maybe one of my favorite uh, solos too, one of my favorite uh, Dimebag solos. I love, that's a great song. Um, Rise, that, that was uh, a little bit, I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but da-na-na, like, um, what's that song by Helmet? Helmet had, had an album out, I think the year before, called uh, Meantime, which I, I really like that album. Um, I think the song, oh, the song was Unsung. And Pantera, I don't know if they ripped it off, but it really sounded like Unsung. No problem for me, because I love both of those songs. Um, no Good, Attack the Radical. Uh, maybe, maybe fitting lyrics now. In the States, there's a problem with race because of ignorant pastor and fires. From evolution, we've been killing each other. I think that man should have it down to a science. No chance, not for a minute, not for a second. I won't be defensive. I'm straight out in my opinion. You better listen to a man who knows what he's saying. Uh, I, you better listen to a man who knows this. I've seen your side. You run and hide from the mere fact that you feel inferior, be superior, and now you're in, inferior. Something like that. Love, love, love that song. No good. Attack the radical. Not the radical left, like... Somebody talks about it every day now, but just attack the radical. Uh, live in a hole, great groove. That 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 had that that Pantera groove. Dun, 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 dun. Every song on here is amazing. Regular people, dun, 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 dun. love that one too. By Demons Be Driven and Hollow. A, a classic heavy metal album. Not my personal favorite Pantera album, but this is definitely their signature album. If you, if you like to. Uh, to put things into categories. This is the album that Pantera will be remembered for. This is their, obviously their biggest seller. This is the one that, if anybody only knows Pantera from one album or one song, it's this one. So this is great. Um, 
the album cover. Um, I, I spoke earlier about the, the, the early Pantera albums, how they had horrible album covers. They didn't get any better after, after, uh, after that. All Pantera album covers suck. This is their best one, in my opinion, and it's still, ah, it's, it's, I, I guess I, I like it, but, uh, the, the, the next albums that came, and Cowboys from Hell too, Pantera, their album covers sucked. They, they were all really bad. Uh, but, but this one is pretty good. This, at least this one gets your attention. So, Vulgar Display of Power, a, a true heavy metal classic album. That one is. 1994. Ah, now I should say, they, they played Toronto on that tour, Vulgar Display of Power. Uh, I didn't go, I don't know why. I, I was a huge Pantera fan. I was two albums in at that point. I was dedicated. I don't know why I didn't go see, uh, Pantera. They played at the concert hall in, um, I guess 92, and I don't know why I didn't go see. Anyway. Uh, so 1994, Far Beyond Driven, Pantera sells out, right? This, this was their, this was a number one album. Even, um, it charted, uh, I, I don't think it sold as many, but, uh, at, in the end, but it, it charted higher than Vulgar's Slave Power, which peaked, I have no idea. This was a number one album, if you can believe that. Hard, hard to imagine that, uh, uh, a band like Pantera and an album like uh, Far Beyond Driven was number one. But it's a total sellout album. Complete sellout album. Pe Pantera threw away all of their past and they sold out and they were number one and they made a lot of money And uh, because that's what selling out is, right? When you change your style uh, and you become more popular, that's what uh, that's what selling out is. This, is. this is one of my top five albums ever of all time. Um, but, you know, people like to talk about, especially metal fans, everything is a sellout. Whenever anything is big or popular, it's a sellout. And they, they did. They, they changed their sound. They were much more, uh, th this was much more aggressive. The, 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 I would say the gap between this and Vulgar Display of Power is bigger than the gap between Cowboys from Hell and Vulgar Display of Power. And maybe even bigger than the gap between Power Metal and Cowboys from Hell. Um... I love this album. One of my, as I said, it, it's hard to, to say top five or top ten. Or I, I could even, <laughs> I almost choked there. Far beyond choking. I, I could even make the argument that this could be, wait for it, my favorite album ever. The, the only thing that maybe would prevent me from saying that, for whatever that's worth, is that it came out too late. It, it's hard to compare this with... Uh, you know, I got into Kiss, I got Kiss Alive when I was six years old. And I got, uh, Rain and Blood when I was 16 and Among the Living when I was 17 and Master of Puppets when I was 16 and, uh, Back in Black when I was 10. So if this had come out, uh, around that time, maybe, maybe this would be my favorite. But I, I like this just as much as, as any album ever created by any band in the history of recorded music. I can't say enough. How much I love this album. This this album for me, God, this album is 1994. I, I swear I listen to this album uh, every day in 1994, and I still love it. I still I probably never go more than a month without listening to at least part of it, at least a, a couple of songs. I would say at least maybe once a year I, uh, I I do listen to the whole thing. This is even better than Vulgar Display of Power, as I said. Every every song was a favorite. Amazing that, that a band could put out two albums in a row, 
that, that, that I could consider every song a favorite. Not just that I like the song, not just that I love the song, but that it's a favorite. And Far Beyond Driven was, was like that. Just to, and, and amazing to think that this album was, was number one. Vulgar Display of Power was angry, but as I said, it was more like a, it was like a, a positive, like a powerful album. Uh, kind of about self, I don't know, self-strength and, um, I don't know, uh, I think especially determination. No one can piss on this determination uh, in Mouth for War. But um, Far Beyond Driven was angry and mean and harsh and abrasive and aggressive. And just like just like it hated the world. If an album was, was capable of spewing hate, this album was. It, it just sounded uh, very, very angry is not even the word. Just um, uh, a friend of mine, we used to talk about who's angrier. Uh, Pantera or Rage Against the Machine or, or Phil Anselmo or uh, Zach De La Rocha, Rocha? Zach De La Rocha and I love Rage Against the Machine um, and, and we came to the conclusion that, that Phil Anselmo, nobody was angrier than, than Phil Anselmo um, and I would also say this was the peak of Phil Anselmo's vocals, not that he got bad after that and not that he wasn't good before that but um on this album and the tour, and I did see this tour, which I'll talk about, uh, I guess, in a few minutes. Uh, for me, the only the only person that I, the only singer, the only guy that I would put in the same category as Phil Anselmo um, in this era was James Hetfield. Th those two guys, Phil Anselmo and James Hetfield, their voices sounded inhuman. Like I, you think, how how can the human voice sound like that? Not just strength, but uh, again, for whatever it's worth, range and power and anger and just everything was perfect. I, I would say James Hetfield in the uh, and Justice for All era and Phil Anselmo Far Beyond Driven era are my, my two favorite vocals ever. Um, so I've been talking, what, about four or five minutes about this and I haven't even mentioned the songs. Uh, strength Beyond Strength. I will say, when I first heard Strength Beyond Strength, then when did I buy this album? Let me check my dates. I bought this album on March 24th, 1994, which was very likely the first day it came out. This, this, these were in the days when I used to, uh, when a lot of people, the real music fans, especially metal fans, when you used to go and uh, buy, uh, they were on Tuesdays, used to buy the records on the first day they came out. Uh, so when I, when I first, and I didn't need any, I didn't need to hear it to, to know that I wanted to buy it. I was a hardcore Pantera fan. So uh, when I first heard Strength Beyond Strength, I didn't like it. I remember thinking, nah, you know what? This is too much. Okay, you had uh, Cowboys from Hell, heavy, heavier than, say, traditional metal at that time, which was Judas Priest. It was heavier than Judas Priest. And then they were, like, you know, the heaviest band around, I think, in, in 1992. And then when I heard Strength Beyond Strength, I thought, nah, you know what? You went too far. It's just too much. It's too fast, too angry. It just sounds too... It, it kind of... I don't know if it grated on my ears. I'm talking about the way... The way I'm talking about this is the way that, you know, a, a seven-year-old woman would talk about uh, ACDC being too heavy and too angry and too aggressive. But I... Yeah, I just didn't like Strength Beyond Strength. That lasted maybe about one or two listens because after that, I loved it. Um, God, Phil was pissed on this album. Um... Well, how does it start? Um, sometimes you need a, a kick. 
I know this song, this album, cold. I, just like uh, Appetite for Destruction, um, you know, any any of these classic albums. What's the first line in uh, Strength Beyond Strength? There's nothing, no education, no family life to open my arms to you. Say, my job is today, yet gone tomorrow, be broken a gutter. I know the opinion, a broken record, just uh, very, very angry. We've grown into a monster, um, just just brutal, brutal music. That one of the heaviest albums ever, I would say, and I still haven't even finished talking about it. I would say this, Rain and Blood by Slayer, of course, and uh, Speak English or Die by S.O.D., Stormtroops of Death. To me, those are the, the three heaviest albums to ever exist in music history. If you want heavy, ah, Black Sabbath, that was a different type of heavy. Um, but yeah, just, just unbelievable. The guitars were, as I said, grating, harsh, abrasive, um, not even aggressive, becoming... God size. Five minutes alone. I'm broken. I'm broken as a, I would say, the first real contender for favorite Pantera song of all time. And I'm not even sure it's my favorite on this album. But I'm broken. And I used to love uh, Beavis and Butthead watched I'm Broken. And um, they, they liked that. That was, that was cool to see. Uh, Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills. What a disturbing song. Um, God, what was, what was happening with, with, Phil Anselmo in his life at that time that he was he was uh, writing the lyrics for Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills. Uh, Hardline Sunken Cheeks, kind of the same thing. Uh, slaughtered. <laughs> maybe, maybe the next three songs are... I, I've never thought about this, but just seeing them uh, in order now. 25 Years Shedding Skin and Use My Third Arm. Could be the, the three continuous... The, Three songs in a row that could be the greatest Pantera songs ever. 25 years, I bent my frustration at you, old man, after years, your ears will hear. You screamed, you tried, it's words of a weakling and promises made by a liar. You never knew the answer to any of my questions, did you? Uh, I'm, I'm maybe getting these out of order. Now you pick up that splintered chair that was aiming for your head. A head that should have been kicked in long ago. Uh, a head that should have been kicked in long uh, by me, long ago, or long ago by me. Um, you never knew the answers. And then the uh, the the last part, uh, you'll never be the father I am, the bastard father to the thousands. Of the ugly, criticized, unwanted, the ones with fathers just like you. Um, uh, look, to, look to the ground as you choke me up. Does it taste like tequila or failure? It's just brutal. Shedding Skin is even more. Shedding Skin, I guess about it. That's a love song. Um, blood on my face that came from your face. A mix of kissing and bleeding. Uh, un unbelievable. Use My Third Arm. Ah, now Use My Third Arm. I didn't mention. There was a, maybe it was the 20th. I guess it was the 20th anniversary of Vulgar Display of Power that came out in 2012. And there was a, a, a bonus song on there that, that they had recorded at the time. It was called Piss, Piss in the Wind. And which they ended up using part of that song from 92 on uh, Use My Third Arm. And Piss in the Wind, that was also uh, maybe a sign of, of what Phil Anselmo was, was going to be like uh, on Far Beyond Driven. Use My Third Arm, again, you could apply today to uh, police brutality or the, the situation, especially in the United States, with uh, with police, arm yourself, a branch, a third arm, expend yourself, crawl inside, euphoria, building, blood and water, scent, 
It's like a raping, it's entrapment. Boy in a bucket, balls in a bag. Servant protect you. Uh, his dick, his gun, his brain is bad. A faster way to kill them all would take too goddamn long. Absorbed through pores. It's just the horrible song, but at the same time, amazing song. It's very, very aggressive. I, I can't say it enough. Uh, throws of Rejection. Every song on this is, uh, my God, I, I just love this album. Um, I, I think I, I think I have to, I gotta give this a kiss. Man, what, what do you think of that? I just kissed the CD. I love this album. Can't get enough of it. Um, yet, I also can't think of anything else to say about it. This is one that just makes me feel... I don't know if it makes me feel good in a bad way or it makes me feel bad in a good way, but this this album does something to me. When I, when I listen to this album, I... Uh, oh, I'm starting to feel it now. I'm, I'm, I'm changing. Um... Oh, and maybe I can maybe talk about that. Pantera fans, and, and I am one, so so don't... Uh, not that anybody's watching this, but I'm a Pantera fan. Pantera fans, one thing that was ah, maybe not the best about Pantera, they're fans, and I'm speaking generally, so it's you can't say, well, I'm not like that, because I'm not like that. But meatheads, knuckle-draggers, mouth-breathers, whatever you call them, I think Pantera had a real redneck following, um, and I think because their their lyrics were so so strong and powerful and aggressive and uh, whatever else you know what other what other adjective you want to use to describe them, I think a lot of their fans kind of felt like that too, and they were ah, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this, but Pantera fans were were really something else. Now, I did see them on this tour. I don't need to pick up the album up again. I'm still talking about Far Beyond Driven. Ah, now the, the album cover. Yeah, this album cover, it's not bad. I mean, it's not a good one, but it's not laughable like some of the other ones. Um, it is better than the original album cover, which if you've seen that, is just might, might be their worst, maybe even worse than Metal Magic. Uh, so I did see them on this tour. They played in Toronto at Maple Leaf Gardens. In June, I want to say June 10th, June 12th, 15th, something like that, 1994. I have so many memories for that time. Uh, the O.J. Simpson thing was happening then. And amazing to think that a band like Pantera was, was playing a big place like Maple Leaf Gardens. It wasn't the full um, setup, but it was, it was the concert bowl, which was half. But Pantera was playing Maple Leaf Gardens, and it was amazing. And uh, my friend... Jen, Jen Crowley, I'll say hello to her now. Hello, Jen. Uh, she called me, I don't know if it was the, the day of or the day before the concert or a couple days, and she said she had, um, not that she had tickets to it, but her, I think it was her father had, uh, he had a box, uh, a private box at Maple Leaf Gardens. So she said, let's go. If you want to go, we can go. So, so I saw Pantera in a box from, uh, from Maple Leaf Gardens, and uh, that was with uh, Sepultura and Biohazard. I loved that concert. I had a really, really good time at that show. I, I think it was on a Saturday night, which is always the best night for a concert, I think. So, uh, Far Beyond Driven. Oof! I love it. Um, well, I mean, how, how, what else can I say if I say it's one of my top favorite albums ever? Um, like I said, I, I could say more, but I can't think of what to say. So, I'm gonna go on, uh, to the next one. 1996. The Great Southern Trend Kill, this was called. This is another one, as, as I mentioned, with Strength Beyond Strength, when I first heard the uh, the title track, the opening song. 
which was the Great Southern Trend Kilt. I thought, man, these guys, they're just trying too hard. It's too heavy or too aggressive. I thought, ah, it sounds forced. It sounds like Panthera saying, okay, we want to be heavy. And it just didn't sound natural. And again, like strength beyond strength. Probably on the second or third listen, I thought, ah, this song is as good as any Panthera song. And I do still love it. The Great Southern, Great Southern Trend Code, maybe their fastest song. Um, yeah, that, that's a great one. Warner, this is another contender. The second song, that's also a contender for top Pantera songs ever. So, so far we've got um, maybe a new level. Nothing nothing from Cowboys from Hell. Uh, keeping track of this, the uh, Pantera O-meter. By the way, the music outside stopped, I just realized. Um, so we've got nothing, nothing from Cowboys from Hell that I would consider my favorite. New level, it's up there, it's pretty good. I'm broken, uh, 25 years shedding skin and use my third arm could be favorites. And also Warner by, I oh man, Warner is just incredible, which was supposed to be titled, I think the original title was, uh, Revenge in 96, which is good that they didn't, um, didn't go with that one because dates, album songs with dates in the title, they, they maybe don't, uh, don't age very well. Warner, um, Drag the Waters was another one. There was a video. That was the first, uh, first, I guess the lead single. I don't know if you called them single, but that was the one I heard on the radio first or saw on, M on, uh, not MTV, Much Music. Very, very heavy. Also angry song. Um, Tens. I like that one too. That, uh, I, I remember actually this album. I got, uh, I, I'm going to say I bought this in May 1996. Yeah, May 7th. 1996. I remember that because I was driving to Montreal that day and I went in the morning as soon as the mall or the record stores opened, bought this, and then drove to Montreal and went to a Montreal Expos game. Um, tens, 13 Steps to Nowhere. Ah, Tens, I was going to say Tens. Reminded me of Pearl Jam. The Pearl Jam uh, in 96. Uh, I'm not sure if it was out yet, but they had an album called No Code. Which I've mentioned, Pearl Jam might be my favorite band ever, and I talked about all their their. Uh, I'm doing. The, I did this. The thing I'm doing now with Pantera, I did with Pearl Jam, and uh, No Code was where Pearl Jam lost me. But uh, some, I think, when No Code, which I think came out after, some of that reminded me, or when I went back and listened to Tens, I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. Tens reminded me of uh, of Pearl Jam, which is very very strange to think of now. Uh, 13 Steps to Nowhere, Suicide Note Part 1 and 2, uh, just brutal, especially 2, was, uh, maybe, maybe even faster or more aggressive than Great Southern Trend Kill, uh, Living Through Me, How's Rat, that's also, ah, I wouldn't say one of my favorites ever, but one of my favorites on this, on this album, Floods, a lot of people consider that to be Dimebag's best solo, I, I don't really pay too much attention to solo. When I hear them, I think, oh, that, that was awesome. I love that. But I, I can't really go through a band's catalog and say, I love the solo in this song, this song, this song, until I hear them. But um, although I do love the solos in, uh, I mentioned earlier, um, which one was it? Uh, oh, uh, Walk and uh, I'm Broken. Great solos. Uh, the Underground in America and Sandblasted Skin. I love this album. Really, really love it. There are a couple that were not quite my favorites. Um, 
Uh, I would say the only two that, ah, uh, floods, maybe floods and 13 steps to nowhere were, were never favorites. But other than that, this, uh, I, I probably do like this. I'll, I'll do the ranking at the end where I would put this. Far Beyond Driven for sure is number one. Um, so Great Southern Canada, but another, a, a terrible album cover. It's just a snake, uh, a rattlesnake. I, I mean, cool picture, but what, what does that have to do with anything? I'm not sure. It just seemed very lazy just to use a stock photo as an album cover. And it got worse after this. Um, Pantera never came to Toronto on this tour. Or if they, no, nah, I don't think they did. I remember waiting for it. I don't think they ever, Pantera never came to Toronto on this tour. Um, so I, I missed that tour. Um, what else can I say about this? I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, so excellent album. Really, really good. Uh, I'll, I'll put them in order when, uh, there's only five, so I can do it. So very, also, I'd say this is on the same level as Far Beyond Driven as far as the abrasiveness or the, the, uh, you know, all, all the words I used. Very, very angry, pissed off album. Even that doesn't, doesn't really explain it. Um, next, now they had, uh, a live album. Pantera put out a live album. This was recorded on the, um, uh, the Great Southern Trendkill tour, which I didn't see. I've, I've mentioned before I have, um, for me, live albums are kind of hit or miss. I'd say this was more of a hit than a miss. I, th this wasn't one that I listened to as much as I did like Kiss Alive or Live After Death or Worldwide Live, but I did listen to it a lot. There were some good versions on this. Um, the end of, um, what did they, there was, there was, uh, they didn't do By Demons Be Driven, but they used to put the intro to Be, Be Demons Be Driven, By Demons Be Driven on the end of, uh, what song was it? I don't know if it was, uh, can't, can't remember. My, Mouth for War wasn't on this album. I just remember that. Now it's not on here. Um, now the, the, uh, something I can, I can say about Phil Anselmo. Unrelated to this album, I'm, I'm just going off here a little bit. Phil Anselmo is one of my favorite people in music, uh, but also one of the biggest dicks. Um, to me, he reminds me of Axl Rose. He doesn't look like him, he doesn't sing like him, he doesn't have the same style, they're totally different, but I mean, just in the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, that they both can be very, very, very funny, I think, very, very charming, um, you know, very friendly, very, very likable, but they can turn into real, real dicks, as I said. Um, I'm not sure. I think with Phil, maybe it was because of drugs. With Axel, maybe it was because maybe he wasn't all there. Maybe a little bit of drugs. But one of, one of the examples of Phil just being, and also of this meathead knuckle dragging, uh, attitude that I think a lot of Pantera fans have. Um, and they, they, they did, uh, kind of like, um, a little bit of a medley of domination and hollow. And I remember on this album, it starts, um, it's just bass. It's, dun -dun -dun, dun -dun -dun, dun -dun -dun, dun -dun -dun. and Phil says, you hear the bass? Dun -dun 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 -dun. Answer me. You hear the bass? Ah, to me, I thought that was, that was kind of, even at the time, I thought, give me a break, Phil. Come on. Like, answer me. What can you say about Phil? I would, I would love to, um, People talk about, oh, I'd love to have a beer with this guy. I, not that I would love to have a beer with Phil Anselmo. He's a guy I would really like to have a, a really good conversation with. I think he'd be a very, very interesting guy to talk to. One of them, I think for me, 
one of the most compelling figures. And I know he's had his problems. And if you want to talk about his, uh, his, uh, you know, the thing a few years ago with white power and everything, I, I understand that, that unbelievably stupid thing to do. Um, but I, I, I think he's a very, very interesting, compelling guy. And uh, another, um, now that I think of it, another parallel I can draw between him and James Hetfield, as I mentioned earlier, that they're probably the, the two guys that I'm maybe the most thankful that are still alive. Because I think both those guys could, could be dead. I think especially Phil. Um, they, they both had problems. I think Phil much more serious than, uh, than uh, James Hetfield. But Phil Anselmo was, was one of my... Uh, or maybe still as one of my favorite guys at that time. Just amazing singer, amazing frontman. His lyrics were also just, I don't want to say amazing three times in a row. But uh, Phil Anselmo was a real, uh, ah, a real character or a real, just a, a real interesting guy. Um, now the other thing about this album that was really cool, they, they, I think something that made, that makes live albums worthwhile. Kiss did it with a live too. They put, Four songs. They tacked four songs at the end of a live two. Pantera did a couple of ones uh, on here, Where You Come From and I Can't Hide. I love both those songs. Those songs would have fit perfectly on any of the, well, the two albums that came before or the, the one album that came after. Um, I think Where You Come From, it had the, the Pantera groove. It, it maybe could have, maybe would have fit in very nicely on um, Vulgar Display of Power. I Can't Hide, I think, was, was maybe could have been a Great Southern Trend Kill or uh, Far Beyond Driven song. Very, very heavy, fast, aggressive song. But I love both of those songs. Those are great. As I said, they could have put those on an album and they would have been uh, fantastic. So so when you put them on uh, a live album as a bonus, as kind of, you know, an, uh, you know, giving you a little bite, fantastic. I love it. Um, the album cover, still not the best. It's uh, obviously a, a Jack Daniels um inspired thing and eh, not not as bad as some of the other ones but uh so that's so uh did i mention the album this is called uh, 101 proof official live so there it is pretty good um live pantera album. now i did see them again in my pantera concert history uh i saw them i don't know if they did a tour i saw them in january 98 they they were i guess kind of between albums it wasn't exactly on the Great Southern Trend Kill tour. It was maybe just like a, a, a tour to, to, to fill the gap between albums. I saw them on that tour in January 98 with Anthrax in Toronto. Very, very cold night, obviously. And uh, loved it too. That, that was in a place called The Warehouse in Toronto, which was very, very small place compared to where I'd seen them four years earlier at Maple Leaf Gardens with probably 5,000 people there. I think the warehouse was maybe 1,000 or 1,500, maybe 2,000 at the most. I'm not sure. Loved it. It was, it was great to see Pantera in, in a place so small and relatively close. Uh, and I was a huge, and still am a huge Anthrax fan. So for Anthrax, and also Cold Chamber uh, was on that show too. Don't care about them. But uh, Anthrax did a cover of... Uh, Dethroned Emperor by Celtic Frost or Death Throned Emperor by Celtic Frost and Phil Anselmo came out and sang it. And I love that song. And I'm a, I'm not a huge Celtic Frost fan, but I do like Celtic Frost a lot. So it was pretty cool. Anthrax, one of my favorite bands with Phil Anselmo from one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite singer. 
covering a song that I really, really like. That that was pretty cool. And um, now about my Pantera shirt history, as you may have guessed, based on what I've said about the Pantera albums, I've never had a Pantera shirt in my life, either official from the, the shows that I saw them or from El Chopo. If you don't know what El Chopo is, you'll have to search on uh, on the YouTube for my name or check my channel for El Chopo. I was just there about a month ago. Um, their album cover sucked and all their artwork sucked, which obviously then, you know, that means their shirt sucks. So I've never had a Pantera shirt. There you go. The next and the last Pantera album, this was uh, 2001. This this was called, was it 2000 or 2001? 2001. No, 2000, huh? Oh, they. I guess their last show that they ever played was, uh, I bought this March 22nd. 2000, 20 years ago. Hard, hard to believe that the last Pantera album was, was 20 years ago. And, uh, what a shame that is. So, so this is called Reinventing the Steel. I'll, I'll talk again about, uh, making the mistake of, of reading comments when you see things online, you read people's comments. Dumbass comments. And I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from making comments about this video. But on YouTube or on the, these metal websites or Facebook or I don't use Twitter, but you know, social media. It seems that people generally don't like this album. I love it. I think, I think, I would say this is my second favorite Pantera album. Uh, Far Beyond Driven is far beyond anything else. But, uh, for me, this, I like this better than, uh, Vulgar Display. I like it better than, um, uh, Great Southern Trendkill. I like it infinitely better than Cowboys from Hell. And I don't know why people don't now. Also, horrible album cover. Maybe they're worse. It's just a picture of a guy jumping through flames. I'm, I'm sure the flames are photoshopped and he's holding a bottle. I don't know if it's a bottle of whiskey or beer or what it is. Stupid album cover. Rotten. That doesn't affect the music though. And uh, I don't know why people don't like this. Maybe, maybe by, I've talked about this before. Sometimes people, the more you listen to something or watch something or know something or get familiar with it, at heart, it's hard to have it's hard for it to have that same impact. I've used that word a thousand times when I'm talking about these these things. If this were their first album, uh, or if it came out after Cowboys from Hell, people would have loved it. Same with, I think, Metallica, Death Magnetic, which is one of my favorite albums of the, the last 20 years. And for me, maybe better than Ride the Lightning, maybe. Um, but people, you know, generally didn't like it because they said, well, it wasn't as good as Master of Puppets, or it wasn't as good as Kill Em All. Um, so I'm not sure why people don't like this. To me, it, it was a, the perfect, the next in line from Vulgar Display of Power, or even Cowboys from Hell, um, Vulgar Display of Power, Far Beyond Driven, Great Southern Trendkill. This was the next logical place. It sounded like Pantera. There was nothing really different about it, which is maybe why people didn't like it. Although I think in the metal world, people, it's more likely that they don't like something it's because they did change, not because they didn't change. Um, I love it. Um, Hellbound is the opener. Goddamn Electric. That's my number one Pantera song. Uh, some of the other ones were close, but I think Goddamn Electric is probably my number one favorite Pantera song ever. Very, uh, I think a lot, not a lot, a couple of these songs on this album were kind of about music or maybe about Pantera as fans of music or the way their fans saw them. Um, they, and then really cool about this that they mentioned Black Sabbath and Slayer. 
which there are not too many bands, especially metal bands, who are name dropping other bands. I thought that was cool. Carrie King, of course, plays the solo in this. Apparently, one take, and it was recorded backstage on a portable studio. And the story is that Dimebag was outside, and when he heard it, he came running in the studio and said, "Don't let him." When Carrie King was playing, he said, "Don't let him do another take." He said, "That's what they want." Um, I feel like I should talk more about Goddamn Electric. I just love that song. That uh, it's also got that great Pantera groove. Yesterday don't mean shit. If they're Pantera, they, they should be saying shit, like bunk on the wire. That's Southern. Um, you've got to belong to it. Revolution is my name. That was the first uh, video or single from that album. Cool video. That Kiss, uh, it was kind of like, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, Pantera talking about music. And that's another one. It's got the, the just incredible that no other band did it like Pantera, that Pantera groove. Um, which Pantera, I think, was good. They, they, they weren't thrash. They definitely weren't thrash, but they, they did attract a lot of, I think, thrash metal fans like me and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people too. Uh, Death Rattle, very fast. That's kind of a thrashy song. Will Grind That Axe for a long time. I, that's, that's another, I would say, a contender for one of my top Pantera songs. I'd say Goddamn Electric, um, Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. Uh, we'll grind that axe for a long time. Those are, those are three amazing songs. Uh, Uplift. Uh, Uplift had a part in the middle that reminded me of Led Zeppelin. The, uh, the middle part of, uh, uh, was it a Whole Lot of Love? I don't know, a little, just for a few seconds, reminded me of, of Led Zeppelin. The, the breakdown, the part in the middle. Um, it makes them disappear. I cast a shadow. I love this album. I, again, for, for people who don't like it, I'm not sure why, because I, I think it's great. I think it's it's heavy, it's aggressive, it's got all the hallmarks of Pantera, all the things you want from Pantera. And they just announced, I think this week or last week, that they're, uh, they've done this with all the albums, starting from Cowboys from Hell. I guess it's a 20th anniversary edition coming out uh, maybe November, I think, this next month. Uh, oh, I didn't mention, oh, I'll go back and, if I remember, I'll go back and talk about the Great Southern Trend Kill a little bit, the, the anniversary of the edition of that. So uh, I think uh, the, a double disc, um, 20th anniversary edition of Reinventing the Steel coming out, which I think is, excuse me, I think they the same thing as what they did with Great Southern Trend Kill. It was basically, I think, a, a remastered, um, which I'm not really that big on remasters, but a remastered version and then also a remixed version, which they did with um, Great Southern Trend Kill. It had, I think, some some demos or some alternate takes, uh, and it was it was pretty good that one. I I I didn't buy it. I do have it digitally on my phone, uh, and it was pretty good for for that style of album. I'm not really, as I said, a big fan of remixes and demos and outtakes. In some cases, they're really really good, but sometimes they're not so good. I did like that one, so I guess that's what's going to happen with. Um, Reinventing the Steel, also a terrible album title. Reinventing the Wheel, Reinventing the Steel, really, really bad. Uh, but it's Pantera, so that's it. That was that was the last Pantera album, and amazing to think that they would never do another album after that. For me, Pantera, I talked about this when I did these videos for um, Goldfinger's discography and Saigon Kick. I mentioned that those two, Goldfinger and Saigon Kick, and a third mystery band were the three bands that really 
define the 90s for me. Wow, that third band was Pantera. Probably more than any, probably more than uh, Goldfinger or Pantera. Um, Pantera defined, and maybe Pearl Jam, at least in the, the first half of the 90s. Pantera defined the 90s for me. It came out perfectly. Cowboys from Hell came out in 90. The last album came out in 2000. Um, when some other, when, when metal wasn't doing so well at that time, people were starting to kind of move away from metal and listen to what was called grunge, which is one of the stupidest words ever to describe music. But, you know, people were listening to Pearl Jam and who I love and, and, uh, Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins, who I don't love at all, not even a little tiny bit. And who else? Then the second wave, Bush and uh, uh, Seven Mary Three. All this really, in my opinion, really bad music. Nineties, late mid to late nineties music was, in retrospect, really not very good. Pantera kept alive for me. Uh, at least kept metal alive. Metallica. I I liked Load. I hated Reload. But uh, even even Metallica, even though I did like them and I liked Load. Um, Pantera was the one for me that, that kept metal going. And probably, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I think I've run out of things to say about Pantera. Um, I'm just going to say one more time how much I love Far Beyond Driven. Best best album ever, maybe? Ah, fantastic. Uh, so that, that's it for Pantera. Uh, and that's it for me. I'm going to, uh, I'm traveling this week. I'm trading the, the Mexican sunshine for some Arizona sunshine. I think I should be doing seven hikes in seven days. Uh, I'm going to be out in the desert with my friend Tom, going to visit him. He lives there. And so I'm taking a break from doing these uh, band album discography, catalog reviews, whatever you want to call them. I've got three more in the hopper that uh, I guess I should be doing towards the end of this month, maybe early uh, November, I'm not sure. But that's it. So for um, for Pantera, for Phil, Rex Rocker, Diamond Daryl, Dimebag Daryl, um, Vinnie Paul, Vince Paul, The Brick Wall, and even Terry Glaze, Terrence Glaze. That's all for Pantera. That's all for me. See ya. Turn your backs on while we're here